What up, what up? It's your boy Hollywood, and I'm back, uh, back in the New York groove. <laughs> What's good? It's Hollywood and Friends. We here every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. You probably used to seeing me with my girl Judy Blue, but I'm flying solo again. Second week. Judy, I'm just saying, I'm kind of getting used to this. I'm kind of getting used to it. <laughs> nah, be sure to follow us, though, on social media at Hollywood and Friends on Instagram. Follow me at I Am Hollywood on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just take note to how it's spelled. It's not spelled like the city. And also follow our producer, Stacy. Thank you. At Hampton Blue Network on Instagram. B-L-U is how you spell blue. Let's get right into it. First things first, I want to send my condolences to the Ablo family. Virgil Abloh, most recently the creative director for Louis Vuitton, also the founder of the brand Off-White. I'm sure many of you know it. He unexpectedly lost the battle with cancer this week. It was announced. And tragic. No one even knew he had cancer. He decided to fight that battle privately once he was diagnosed a few years ago. And it's just tragic, unexpected. Um, cancer is one of those diseases that's just like ruthless don't matter what you do for a living. It don't matter what color you are. It don't matter how old you are. And we say it all the time, middle finger, F cancer. And it's just that real. Uh, so rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. You're definitely going to be missed. I've been a huge fan of Virgil. Even before I even knew who Virgil was, I was a fan of the brands. Like even when he had Pyrex, I was attracted to the brand. It was just right up my style alley. If I'm being honest, it was a little above my pay grade. So I wasn't out there buying Pyrex. But I just admired it. I loved the style of it. And then even when he created Off-White, another thing, right up my style alley. So I was just with it. like, And that's when I you know, found out more about who he was. And once he became the creative director for Louis, that started taking a little dope twist. When I went to Paris, I went to the Louis store. And it's just was dope to see his imprint. You could tell Virgil's imprint when you seen the new Louis stuff, like these tall statues. Like, it was just like so dope to see. So uh, Virgil would definitely be missed, RIP. And I hope they continue to brand, like uh, maybe he has some sketches in his notebook or something, you know, to like keep it going for a couple more years or something. So we'll see, hopefully. But um, rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. All right, now let's get ready for what's hot in these bloody dogs. It's time for what's hot in the blocks. Let's talk about Alice Seabold. I know I'm probably butchering her name because I just that's just what I do. If it's your first time here, something I dust this. I butcher people's names. Hopefully, I'm saying it right. Alice Seabold, but in serious, in all seriousness, uh, she is the author of The Lovely Bones. I'm sure a lot of you seen the movie. Um, but she also wrote a memoir back in 1999 called Lucky. And it basically detailed a sexual assault encounter she had back when she was just a freshman at Syracuse University. Now, the tragic part, aside from the fact that she was sexually assaulted, is the fact that there was a man that was convicted of that rape and he wasn't the actual one that did it. So let me take you back. The year was 1991 and Alice was a freshman at Syracuse University when she made claims that she was raped 
by a black man. It was about five months later, just walking in the street randomly, she saw a man who she thought was her attacker from five months prior, and she called the authorities, let them know, like, yo, I think I see him, blah, blah, blah. They did some kind of investigation, I guess, and they figured that it had to be this man named Anthony Broadwater, because I guess he was the only black guy in the area at the time. I don't know. They ended up bringing him in to participate in a lineup. Now, you know how lineups go. We're talking about like five, six people lined up. The victim comes, stand behind the two-way mirror, and point him out. Alice failed to identify Anthony as the attacker. Why? He wasn't the attacker at the end of the day. Um, Anthony ended up ultimately still being convicted and served 16 years in prison for a rape that he did not commit. Tragic. Crazy. So now, he ended up trying to get parole five times, I believe it was, and they denied him every time because he wouldn't admit to the crime, that a crime that he didn't commit. So he stayed in there. He got out in about 99, 98 or something like that. So a year later, Alice ended up writing this memoir called Lucky, where she detailed that encounter. It ended up going on to sell like a million copies, set her career in motion. She wrote The Lovely Bones. That was turned into a movie. All that, da-da-da, history, right? Um, now, fast forward to 2021, but first, let me take y'all back to after uh, 98, after Anthony actually was released from prison after serving 16 years for a crime he didn't commit, he still had to remain registered on the sex offenders list. Now, if you don't know what that means, that means you can't uh, live next to certain things, you got to always show your whereabouts you can't probably can't get certain jobs like it's just a whole thing that goes along with being registered on this list so um this memoir from 99 lucky netflix decided to want to adapt it into a film they saw the success of lovely bones maybe they wanted to have the same success um but the producer one of the producers was finding some discrepancies between the memoir and the script your man's hired a private investigator to look into this, and that is what ultimately got your man Anthony Broadwater conviction overturned. All because of this producer for Netflix. Like, look at God. Like, this is crazy. It takes a Netflix producer to hire a private investigator to look into this and see one plus one ain't equal in two. Like, come on. Man's life was just like overturned crazy. Thankfully though, he's now um, a free man. Well, he's been free, but now he's actually free free from the shackles. <laughs> so, uh, conviction overturned, record wiped clean. He can't get those years back, but that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess, right? So now Alice, she released an apology finally, because a lot of people was looking like, oh, she ain't say nothing yet, da da da. And they wondering if she's going to change the wording in her memoir and all that. That's still yet to be determined. But her um, statement now issue, uh, that she issued an apology, it says, My goal in 1982 was justice, not to perpetuate, perpetuate um, injustice, she said in the apology. She said, and certainly not to forever and irreparably alter a young man's life by the very crime that had altered mine. She said, it's taken me these past eight days to comprehend how this could have happened, because that's how long it took for her to issue this apology. She said, I will continue to struggle with the role that I unwittingly played within the system that sent an innocent man to jail. I will also grapple with the fact that my rapist will, in all likelihood, never be known. 
may have gone on to rape other women and certainly would never serve the time in prison that Mr. Broadwater did. Um, it's still to be determined if um, Anthony is going to accept this apology. It's just, we see this happen all the time with the system. Like how this man is in a lineup, the rape victim can't identify him in said lineup, and he's still convicted to be black in America, people. Uh, let's move on. If you think that was bad, I got another one for you. Kevin Strickland. His name is what's hot in these blogs right now because he too had just had his conviction overturned after serving 43 years in prison. Four decades older than a lot of us watching this video right now. Your man's was convicted in 1979 by an all-white jury for a triple murder that he did not commit. Mind you, no physical evidence attached him to this crime. It was only based on the account of one alleged eyewitness. One witness um, who later recounted her uh, testimony that he even had anything to do with it. He was sentenced to life in prison initially. Mind you, during this time, you got people who, it was two men who actually confessed to the murder. There was a fingerprint found on the shotgun used to do the murders that did not match Kevin's and Somehow, Kevin still was convicted, sentenced to life. And just the other day, he was released after, like I said, the witness recounted her story. And it's just crazy to think that it could take just one person to say, yeah, he did it. No physical evidence. And you could still be convicted. And it was thanks to his lawyers for really pushing it and pushing it to get him overturned. There was also the... Missouri, uh, the Midwest Innocence Project in Kansas is a Kansas-based uh, legal nonprofit. They worked for years to overturn uh, Kevin's conviction, and it paid off. Finally, after 43 years, this man is back into the world, and it's crazy. This man just served all this time, and under Missouri law, he's not eligible for no type of compensation. So you're just going to take 43 years from my life and just put me back out into the world and just say, F you, basically, like, just go on with it, figure it out. It's crazy. But thankfully to this uh, Missouri Innocence Project, they started to go fund me. And last I checked, it reached $1.7 million all for Kevin. It's, that's, it's just so dope. This is one of the best things that a GoFundMe is made for. You see it all the time. People do GoFundMe's for the most stupidest But this is one thing that is actually a great thing. And it's just it's just dope to see. And mind you, their initial goal was just to have like 17,000 um, something. It was a low number their initial goal was. And people just started pouring in, pouring in. And for, for me, I don't know about y'all, but whenever I look at GoFundMe's, I look at the donations. I'm just curious to see like what people are giving. And I saw a donation for $15,000 in that lineup. And I'm like, let's go, let's get it. The majority of the donations was, was like 100 or less. And a lot of them are anonymous. And it just goes to show people are doing it for the money, not, not the recognition. They just want to help this man out who spent 43 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So it's safe to say Kevin is going to be set set and, you know, hopefully it all works out for the best because money ain't everything and he still got to like get reacclimated with society and all that. So we'll see. Good luck, uh, Mr. Strickland. And can we can we stop this?
Can we stop sending innocent people to prison? Like, come on. Let's move on. Ahmaud Aubrey's family got justice this week in what I feel is one of the rarest of the rare occasions where we see actual justice happen. All three men charged in the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey were found guilty. Talking about the father, the son, and the evil spirit. All of them guilty and it's definitely a W. It's a W for the Ahmaud Aubrey family. For black people in general, that's all we ask for at the end of the day when we're lynched out here in these streets just for being black. Come on, just justice. It's not going to bring Ahmaud back, but the family actually got justice for his murderers, and that's all we could ask for. So they were talking about William, Brian, um, Gregory, and Travis McMichael, all guilty, all face life in prison. The sentencing date hasn't been set yet, but we'll keep you posted and stay tuned. All right, all right, court is adjourned. Enough of that injustice talk. Let's get into some other fun stuff. What's hot in these blogs? Let's talk about Will Smith. You know he just released a memoir. It's called Will, and he's saying some things inside that thing. One thing that's hot in these blogs that Will Smith mentioned in his memoir is the fact that at one point he was having so much sex that whenever he had an orgasm, it would make him gag and sometimes vomit. Like, what? <laughs> That's unheard of. Like, it's wow. He said after he was cheated on by his first serious girlfriend that I guess he just was like, literally. <laughs> and it was just hitting anything, hitting anything moving. And it got to the point where it actually created this kind of, um, I forget what he called this, something this um, imbalance, if you will, where whenever he it, it would cause him to gag and vomit. Have you ever heard of some <laughs> nuts? Crazy. So I don't know, man. Um, I mean, you know, we all have. I have my fair share of situations and encounters, if you will, where at at the point of that moment, you know, and the, maybe the other person was the one gagging or something. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i mean it's a family show cut it out <laughs> but comment below let me know what you think about will's situation let's move on but speaking of sex in other words high in these blog news cardi b is the first ever i guess external creative director for playboy that's a Big love. Cardi expressed her excitement for the collaboration. I'm going to read y'all what she said. Cardi said, it is a dream come true to officially join the Playboy family. I can't believe this is real. For as long as I can remember, I felt connected to Playboy. It's truly the original platform for uncensored creativity, and I'm inspired by its incredible legacy of fighting for personal freedoms. I have so many ideas already. I can't wait. And they also are putting out a new creator-led platform called Cinefold. And just from reading a little bit about it, it seemed like it's going to be along the lines of the OnlyFans side of things. I'm not sure, but we'll see. But Playboy is a big look. We all had our Playboy magazines growing up. It was one of the first ways we was able to see some nakedness as horny teens. Y'all know what it is. So it's definitely going to be dope to see how Cardi um, put her little Bronx spice into it let's see what happens congrats Barty. last but not least what's hot in these blogs let's talk about hulu now they feeling the heat for real 
They released a documentary about the Astro World Festival and that tragedy that happened in Houston last month. We all know what happened. So many people lost their lives. And here come Hulu releasing the doc recapping the events. And a lot of people, myself included, is feeling like it's too soon. Like y'all ain't waste no time. And the people ain't waste no time getting in that ass. So much so that Hulu actually pulled the doc from the streaming platform. They went on to release a statement saying that it wasn't like a doc per se, that it was a, a special from ABC that they just was airing. But it's like, nah. Regardless, y'all was trying to capitalize and get the views, and instead y'all got the booze. And it's like, come on. These families are still mourning. The thing just happened a month ago. Let Y'all got all 2022 to do a doc. Give us some time. Let these families mourn in peace. Have some respect. Wow. All right. That concludes this week's edition of What's Hot in These Blogs. Be sure to come back next week because I got more. In the meantime, though, follow me on all social media at I Am Hollywood. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you're on TikTok, at I Am Hollywood NY. And be sure to follow our producer, Stacy at Hampton Blue Network on Instagram. B-L-U is how you spell blue. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, comment below. Let me know what you think about what I talked about. What's your thoughts on it? Subscribe and share that thing. If it's hot in the blogs, I'm talking about it. So come back next week. Let's get it. I'm out.